You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Thanks for tuning in to the Talking Law podcast. Today, we're talking about different types of business structures and how to know which is best for you. So why are we talking about this today? Firstly, it's a topic that I'm asked about by business owners time and time again, whether or not it's business owners who are just starting in their first business, seasoned business owners starting up a new entity for a new type of business that they're getting involved in, or businesses that have been in place for many years but are thinking about setting themselves up for a future potential sale. So this question is really important for business owners to ask themselves at many points during the term of their business. And so what's really important about this, I I want to start by sharing a story that really demonstrates why today's topic is crucially relevant for every business owner. I want to tell you about a client that I had many, many years ago that came in when they were already in a bit of trouble. The history of their business is that they'd set up this construction supply business years and years ago, and they'd spent a lot of time over the years building up this business. But suddenly, as they grew, they hit an issue that growing companies often have, which is a cash flow crunch. And cash flow crunches come often suddenly and often without warning. In this case, the cash flow crunch was related back to a big client that had suddenly stopped paying. So there was a lot of money that was owing. Um, Because the business had grown so quickly, they didn't have a cash buffer to protect their new level of overheads. When the cash crunch came, they therefore couldn't trade through it because they'd grown so quickly that they didn't have that buffer that businesses usually have. And the overheads were so high. And because of the structure of the business, the owner was sitting in the position of being personally liable for the debts of the company. So when the creditors decided that they weren't going to let the business's business trade out of its cash issues, they all came knocking at the door of the business owner. Now, at the end of this story, I'm not going to go through the whole long saga, but the the story ended up with this owner ending up with the whole business collapsing, him ending up in bankruptcy and a failed marriage to boot because of all of the stress that it caused. Essentially, he lost everything at that point. And that was really one of those pivotal moments for me in thinking about the importance of being on top of legal understanding for business owners. Business is really hard to predict. So the most important thing is for us as business owners to make sure we find ways to protect ourselves and to protect our assets that sit outside of the business. And one of the best ways to do this is by having a fundamental understanding of the concept of business structures and which business structure is most relevant for us at different phases in our business. So that's, you know, a real doom and gloom story, but an absolutely true one and one that I've seen repeated over and over again. I've seen people lose their businesses. I've seen seen people face personal liability to the ATO of hundreds of thousands of dollars and to other creditors. But also I've seen the flip side. In a sale, I've seen businesses lose millions from having the wrong structure. One business comes to mind who came to us when it was way too late for them to do anything about their structure before the sale because they came to us at the time of sale. 
The result was they ended up paying about $2.5 million in tax more than they should have. If they had known us, even just a year before the transaction, they could have been in a position of paying possibly absolutely no tax at all. So I think you're all great. $2.5 million is a lot of money in anyone's books just for getting one aspect of their business wrong from a legal perspective. So today it's about us talking about the different types of business structures that are around and about you understanding what points in your business life cycle you should be coming back to this question and asking again because the structure that is right for you today may not be the structure that's right for you tomorrow. All right, so what are we talking about here? What kind of different structures are available? Simply speaking, we have five different main types of structures. We have our sole trader and partnership type of structure, which sole trader structure essentially means you as an individual conducting business in your own name or in another name, but you are tied up essentially to the business and you then hold all of the assets personally, but also all of the liabilities personally of the business or Uh, The next type of structure that we have is a partnership. We also have companies and trusts. So I'll go into each of these in a little bit more detail just so that you understand what the difference is between them. So a partnership is a collection of two or more people who might be collected personally as individuals or they might be collected by entities. And one of the issues with partnerships is that you can have joint and several liability, which is, I know it sounds like a bit of a (laughs) legal jargon and we're trying to keep away from legal jargon. So what that means really simply is that each of the partners together and separately are liable for the liabilities of the company or the debts of the company. So sometimes partnerships might be set up with companies being partners or trusts being partners or individuals being partners. So there's lots of ways that we can have a partnership. Then the next type of entity is a company. Now, a company is a separate legal entity from the owner or the owners. So a company in Australia is um, a proprietary limited generally, or um, you, you might be setting up a public company if you uh, if you have grand plans for the business, considering listing or something like that at the end of the day. Companies have shareholders and companies also have directors. And there's lots of pros and cons for companies, but the one big positive of a company or a corporate entity is that they are a separate entity to you as the business owner. So that means that all the assets of the business are contained in the company and all the liabilities of the entity are contained in the company. We can also get a little bit more tricky later on and we can have multiple entities or multiple companies where we split out assets into a number of different entities or potentially liabilities into a number of different entities. And you might do this to achieve both asset protection and tax minimisation or flexibility if you're looking at doing some different things which with different business units. And then the final type of entity or structure that we're going to talk about today is trusts. And trusts aren't technically a legal entity, but they are a way of doing business or a structure. So what a trust is, is essentially a legal document that, which we call a trust deed, that details how the assets of the trust will be dealt with. 
The concept of trusts can cause a lot of confusion. I have people coming to me a lot because they're confused about what trusts are and they don't understand how trusts work. And these might be people who have had trust structures set up for them, um, for example, by their accountants or by other lawyers, and they simply just don't understand them and they don't understand how they work. Or it might be people who've been told, yeah, you should think about having a trust created for you, but they don't quite understand why. So very simply speaking, there's a few different types of trusts. One is a discretionary trust, which is often referred to as a family trust. So a family trust is a type of discretionary trust, which essentially means it has a lot of flexibility. Another type of trust is a fixed trust, or these can be called unit trusts, and they have less flexibility, but are good types of trusts to use in business or if you're dealing with parties who are at arm's length to each other. And then the last kind of trust is a hybrid trust, which essentially is a combination of both discretionary and fixed components. So what's this all about? Why would someone want a trust? And what's the real difference between them and company structures or individual structures like sole traders and or partnerships? Trusts and particularly discretionary trusts can provide really strong asset protection because essentially the assets of a trust aren't held by any one person but are held by the group of people who are called the beneficiaries of the trust. So the beneficiaries of the trust are the people who are named in the trust deed as the class of beneficiaries. So you might have just a few people who are seen as beneficiaries or some trusts, like for example, family trusts, might include a very large range of beneficiaries. So for example, a main person in the trust and then all of their family members. So what this means is that all of the assets are effectively owned by all of the people who are the beneficiaries of the trust. And here we're talking about a discretionary trust. Things a bit different for a fixed trust, but let's keep it really simple. So because family trusts are quite often the type of trusts that will be used as an asset protection vehicle. So you get asset protection because all of the assets in the trust are owned by all of the beneficiaries collectively. However, none of the beneficiaries have the right to a particular portion of the assets. So how does this actually work in practice, then you might ask? You may be thinking, I don't want to be putting all of my assets into a particular type of structure where then suddenly I don't own any of them. So the way it actually works is that um, the assets are held by the, as we said, all of the beneficiaries collectively, and that gives you a benefit of asset protection because if there are creditors of any of those individual beneficiaries, those creditors don't have the right to seek any of the assets of the trust because none of the beneficiaries fully own any of those assets. Hope that makes sense. It's a bit of a complicated concept. And so effectively at the end of the day, the trustee of a discretionary trust usually has the discretion to then distribute the income and the assets as they see fit. So what happens in practice in a trust is that at the end of the year, the accountant generally reviews the trust and then distributes the income of the trust in a way that is most tax effective and in consideration of any asset protection elements that are relevant to consider. 
So that's why trusts provide both a high level of flexibility in distributing income so they can be really useful for a perspective of um, splitting income of a business to achieve a minimisation or a lowering of tax and also for asset protection. So as you can see, trusts can be a little bit complicated, but at essence, they're a vehicle that can be used for asset protection and for income distribution and flexibility. So that's a bit of an overview of the different types of structures. One of the things that I want to do now is just give a little bit of a snapshot of the benefits and the risks of each type of structure, bearing in mind that quite often we can also achieve a combination of a different mix of multiple types of these structures to achieve different things for a business. So acting as a sole trader is easy fairly cost effective because it costs very little to set up and to maintain, but it has a lot of risk attached to it because the assets of the sole trader are exposed. A partnership can be potentially a good structure. It can be a simple structure to set up if there's two individuals, but it's a very risky structure if there's two individuals because both become potentially liable for debts that may be created by the other. And that's where an agreement between the two parties is essential. But if you're involved in a business with someone else, I'd recommend steering away from a partnership of individuals. You might look at something like a partnership of companies or a partnership of trusts or keep it really simple and move into an entity like a corporate structure, so a company structure. Then we have the company structure, as we talked about, which is a separate entity to the business owners. It's fairly cheap to set up and to run. It's a fairly simple type of structure to understand. It has a lot of benefits because you have access to the company tax rate, which is lower than the highest marginal tax rate for individuals. But you have to be aware that it provides asset protection, as I said, because the entity is separate to the individual as an owner or the individuals as owners. But You have to be careful about companies because companies also have directors and directors can potentially be personally liable for the debts of a company in certain circumstances if certain triggers are met. So you have to be very careful about who you choose to be directors of an organisation or of a company. You have to make sure that the directors understand the risks and manage the risks appropriately. You also have to be very careful about personal guarantees. So a personal guarantee is also another way that the asset protection provided by companies can be broken. And then the last entity that we were talking about is trusts. Trusts can provide a lot of opportunity in terms of flexibility and asset protection, but they can also be a little bit confusing to understand. Now, I've seen a lot of people end up in trust structures who don't understand it and who've never used them. So my advice to you is before you even consider entering into a type of structure, make sure you understand it. Make sure you're not in a situation where someone's just set it up for you because they have said that it works for you. Make sure you understand why. Why has the choice been made to go with this particular structure? What does it mean for you? And how do you functionally work within that structure? If you want to bring in business partners, if you want to sell components of your business, if you want to sell assets out of your business. All right. So how do you know which entity is better for you? I guess the answer is that there is absolutely no 
final answer. No, there's no one size fits all answer. Companies can be flexible and simple. So I think companies are great. But trusts, on the other hand, are good if someone is going to purchase the business or the assets of the business. There essentially can be a place for multiple structures or multiple parts of these structures to be put together. But there's also times, many times, when I've seen structures being overly complicated and involve far too many elements than really is necessary for the situation. So this is the sort of topic where it's really important that you consult your accountant and lawyer and then have them work together. Have them work together looking at you as an individual and your business as a whole to understand what approach is appropriate for you today and what approach is going to be appropriate for the growth that you have planned or the plans that you have in place for the next few years of the business. And then come back and review that approach every few years. So sometimes there there are points in a business where it can be beneficial to have multiple layers, multiple entities, as I've said. It can be sometimes beneficial to separate out assets or to separate out liabilities. But you should always do this trying to keep your structure as simple as possible. So Make sure you take advice and that you go and um, and get that updated advice in relation to your situation regularly or at any key crucial critical points of your business. So what happens if you don't get this right? Obviously, I started off by telling you a few stories um, that I've seen in the past. So it's back to this concept that you might be exposing your personal assets And as I said earlier on, in relation to the company and trust structure, you might even be exposing your personal assets in these structures if you're doing things that are incorrect. So you need to fully understand how to work within these structures to get the maximum benefit out of them. If you don't get the structure right, you might also be missing out on tax benefits. We've seen cases of businesses that could have saved literally millions of dollars in tax by understanding this. And as I said, finally, if you don't get it right, you might otherwise end up in a structure that's too complex, which can also cause problems for a business. It can cause problems from a business, both in terms of it creating complexity for the business owner when they're trying to do things like bring in other partners to the business, bring in other investment to the business. Um, or when they're looking at selling a business. So I've certainly seen many instances where sales of a business have been complicated because the owner has had a structure that's way too complicated for the situation that they're in. Quite often buyers might end up being international buyers. All buyers dislike complexity that isn't appropriate for a situation and particularly international buyers because they're dealing with a jurisdiction that they don't necessarily fully understand. So there's a lot to be said for keeping it as simple as possible while also making sure you're maximising the potential benefits that clever business structuring can provide. So what are the action steps for you out of today's podcast? The first step is to understand the structure that you're in at the moment and understand the alternatives that are available to you and why those alternatives might be of benefit. So the second component that is crucial in that is to get advice. My recommendation is to get advice from both your accountant and your lawyer, who, as I said, should be working together, looking at your business as a whole. I'm all about holistic approaches to business And lawyers and accountants both bring components that are equally as important for consideration. So they shouldn't be working in silos. They should be working together in looking at your business. And the third element is review 
the approach regularly. So set an appointment for yourself whenever there's a key change in your business or at least every few years so that you come back and reassess with those professionals whether or not the structure that you have in place today is the right structure for you now and into the future in relation to the plans that you have for your business. So as part of this action steps, I invite you to go and download our five-step guide on our website, talkinglaw.com.au. And as part of that guide, it will help you to understand the questions you should be asking about your current business structure. So thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please pop in and give us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to get the show notes from today or that free guide on the top questions you should be asking about your current business structure, visit this podcast page at talkinglaw.com.au and leave us some questions. If you have any, we will um, address them in future episodes. Thanks a lot and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.